Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. And Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2021. Welcome to One Soul Radio. This is our first show of the new year. We are the interactive show grounded in psychology, inspired by spirit, which we believe is a unique combination you're not going to find anywhere else on the radio. This show is here for you, a place to dig deeper with a like-minded community of soul searchers, for you to ask your questions, for you to get insight. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here in the central Hudson Valley in New York, and I'm here with my dear friend and co-host, Steve Hassenberg in Los Angeles. So nice to see you today. Hello. Nice to hear you. Since no one else knows, we can actually see each other. It's our little secret. It's our radio secret. And it's so good to see you as a good friend after all that's been going on in the world. I know. So let's start with acknowledging where we are. Yes, it's um, a new year, but wow, what a start to the new year. So we want to acknowledge what's been going on just in the last 24 hours before we get into what's been going on in the last 340 days, right. 50 days, right? Right. So I, I think what I want to do is just say that the shock is still in me from mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, another thing we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then I thought in a Buddhist kind of way, well, it's another thing that I'm being asked to hold. Mm-hmm. And I'm being asked to hold it with greater compassion for myself first mm-hmm. and also greater compassion for everybody involved. Right. Not thinking of separate sides. Right. That we all need more love and compassion right now. Right. Amen. And that's also, um, you know, it's interesting because that's a deep, very spiritual, awake uh, perspective, in my opinion. And certainly there's a lot of people that very naturally would have an automatic reaction because this is a major upheaval. We've been through so much already in the last many years in so many different ways and directions. And then in the last year, and then in the last 24 hours, we all feel collectively pummeled by one more surprise, one more unexpected thing. So to be able to hear your perspective on it right out of the gate, where you can just take a moment to breathe and find some space and not do the obvious reaction, which there's nothing wrong with because it's a human reaction. I think it's a great lesson for all of us all to take away, right? You know, right out of the gate. It took me a while to get there. Right. But it's where I, I'd like to operate from in my life. Right. Yeah. And so it is a habit that I have. So it, it may be a little easier for me. But I think if we can think of this in a compassionate way, and send people our good sentiments, mm-hmm. then it helps us feel calmer and have more equilibrium. Yeah, it's true. And again, way more easily said than done. Yes. So I think ultimately, because we don't feel like we can do justice to all of this, and it's still very raw. Um, so it's not the focus of our show today um, outright, but we do want to acknowledge that we're all collectively feeling this very deep sense of pain and more adversity and more challenge and more of a call to hold some space and hold some light and find the love and dig deep and process um, both, you know, on our own and together. And so I think what we're really trying to say is that we're just sending everybody that's listening, everybody in this country, everyone across the globe, a lot of love and wishes for peace. Right. Yes. So with that, we're going to make a little bit of a turn, even though it's not completely unrelated. Um, Here we are in 2021. It's a new year. So how are you all, dear listeners, feeling about the new year? Have you made peace with 2020, which is a tall order? (laughs) How do you feel? That's a tall drink of water. It's a tall drink of water. Well, that's a different thing, because I'm always looking for a tall drink of water. This is a tall order. 
Um, or do you want to forget that it ever happened, which a lot of people do? They're just, I'm done with this. Let's pretend it never happened. Are you the type of person who wants to take stock of your life lessons or declare new resolutions on January 1st, like a lot of people do? Well, today, what we are aiming to do is we're going to help you see why it's best to enter this new year with self-compassion and gentle goal setting. We'll definitely talk about the more militant version of resolutions as well, but this is the lens through which we're looking at the new year. And perhaps most exciting, we're also going to teach you some ways to manifest the life that you want to lead going forward. And who doesn't want the secrets to that, right? I do. Are you <laughs> going to give them to me? I was hoping, knowledge? actually, I was thinking that you might be a little more, oh, uh, really? you might be a little more <laughs> processed in that area than me, but we can try together. How's that? Deal? All right. So I'd like to hear um, for you, you have a great quote that sort of prompted our direction for the show today, having to do with processing the past as a way to, as a gateway to how we go forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it came up when we first started talking about the subject. Right. It's from Norman Cousins. Who Norman is? Cousins, for those that don't know, is a wonderfully esteemed writer and journalist who actually was one of the founders of the Saturday Review in New York. Mm. And he said in Anatomy of an Illness, and we can talk about what that book was about, it's very interesting as well. He said, if you want to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. And <laughs> honestly, well, where I've the carried, hell have we been? I've carried that around since high school. Mm. It meant so much to me. Because it meant that I had to dig deep, not just kind of skim over what I've been through. Right. But really take what I've been through to heart, to process it, to understand it as deeply as possible. Because that became my stepping stone to the future. Mm. So does that mean that you actually found a time in your life where you graduated to being able to do that better than you had before? Like, was there, did you have a different style or a different process before you got to that place? I don't think I, I really don't think I thought about the past in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. I lived the past, much of my past I wanted to forget. <laughs> Tell me about it. Much of my childhood I wanted to forget. And all of a sudden, he gave me an idea that it was very valuable to start mining my past mm. in order to understand where I wanted to go. Mm. I'm the opposite in that I, uh, well, I mean, I've always been such a big processor and sit and think and contemplate almost probably a little too much and maybe to my disadvantage at times. But for many, many years, I was more about the militant um, New Year's resolutions. And I would have these rituals where, you know, the night before uh, New Year's Eve, I would sit and I'd write a list of what I wanted to let go of and another list of what I wanted to bring in. And I would burn a piece of paper and it didn't matter where I was in the world or what the temperature was outside, I, you know, whether I was with a pot and pan or a little piece of tinfoil. So I didn't burn, you know, set anything on fire wherever I was or dragging strangers off the street into this little ritual. And then I decided <laughs> that, you know, I, I really did. And then for um, in the last few years, I thought, you know what, why make such a big line of demarcation between those, you know, December 31st and January 1st. And it is a continuation and it's not just a stop and a start. And for some reason, Luckily, I started to give myself a little bit of the break and I started to look a little bit more contemplatively at just what was because nothing is new after a while. If you look back at your list, if you write down resolutions, you'd think about it. I would say most people that are all, the, you know, everybody's listening right now could go back and think I've said the same old things for the last 15 or 20 or how many, you know, years. Right. So I think that our purpose in, in focusing on the idea of continuation is that it's less militant and it's more gentle and gentleness is probably uh, more helpful in getting us to where we want to be would you say well yeah and i want to mention something the idea of the list being the same mm. it's because we're always really looking for the same thing <laughs> we're very predictable we're very which, good at being us which is happiness i want mm. more happiness yeah i want more fulfillment I want more money. 
I want more love. <laughs> I mean, all human beings are kind of the same in that way. So yeah, we are. If we really look at the nuggets of our desires, we'll find that within those nuggets are, is the desire for happiness mm. and the desire for fulfillment. I just want to remind everybody who's listening, we would love to hear from you. This is a show that we intend to have as an interactive conversation. So if you want to call in with any questions, get some guidance, some free advice, share any stories or thoughts, we welcome that. We invite that from you. And our number is 816-251-3555. So please join us in that capacity. I think um, the other thing that you said while we were talking about the show that I thought was really worth re-mentioning is that when you're militant and giving yourself a lot of pressure to correct something, fix something, lose weight, January 1st, I'm going to change my ways, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to stop doing that, that there's a lot of fear and self-satisfaction that's, that's attached to that. Yeah, I'd say that in my life, when I've been the most fearful, I've needed a change the most. Yeah, right. right. I had to have a change. I had to have a new job. I had to find a girlfriend. And all of that we call, as we're calling on this show, militant. Mm -hmm. We could also call it fundamentalist. Mm -hmm. right? The must, the musts. Must have, mm -hmm. have to have. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had to have it because I was drowning. And when we're drowning, we get quite rigid. We have to seek a change. And so that's what I was talking about when I was talking about militancy when we did our preview to this. Mm -hmm. what, we're, what we're aiming for today is a gentleness. Right. We're aiming to um, open ourselves up, and we're going to talk about this as the show goes on, to a gentle introspection, because everything that's happened has happened for a good reason. I always like Einstein's quote, God doesn't play dice with the universe. In the same mm. way, God doesn't play dice with your life. Mm. And the things that happen to us are very important for our evolution. Right. Which includes the things that we want to change, right? Because it takes us up to a certain point to start feeling whatever compulsion we feel for things to shift, to create something new, to bring in something, to let go of something that doesn't serve us anymore. feels like it's part of the same trajectory right it definitely is so do we want to do a little sharing a little processing of what 2020 was for us in the hope that it might spur our tribe to help process their <laughs> own year because it's a heck of a oh year to God, process right? it's you know i mean in, well there's a first of all shall we do that right now before yeah, I start you want you talking want to start it so i get inspired <laughs> i was i'm sure so, so many things. I mean, first of all, I don't know that I've fully processed 2020. Um, you know, there's so many different layers. There's always layers of life. There's our micro lives, our individual experiences. There's our macro, what's going on in our family, in our town, in our community, in our country, in the world. And everything has been so magnified and those layers have gotten so much louder. And last year was you know, a megaphone of experience for us all, I think, to wake up, although I think we're all still waking up and processing exactly what we're supposed to do inside of this experience. So personally, for me, I got the um, a full-time, you know, my first full-time job in six years after many years of um, not having consistent work. And it required that I move two hours north of where I was living outside of New York City to an area that I'd always wanted to live in and to work for Omega Institute, which I'm so happy to be working for, who I've you know, always wanted to work for. So those two things had manifested. It was beautiful. And then six weeks later, COVID strikes and I'm alone. You know, I'd moved up here by myself without knowing anybody. And it's a pretty desolate area where I'm living. Pretty. And suddenly beautiful, not complaining about all that. I wanted to, a lot of resonance with this area. And yet, um, then six weeks later, everything changed and there wasn't an opportunity to start creating a new life and friendship and, you know, finding my tall drinks of water in the countryside and all that kind of thing. And the organization, like a lot of nonprofits and a lot of businesses, um, because of COVID has really been challenged. 
So those are just simple reasons. There's also, I mean, simple, um, uh, very concrete circumstances. Then there's just the, you know, um, family and finances and personal issues and all kinds of things that we deal with as individuals. And then there's the pain of what happened to the planet and this whole collective experience that we've had with COVID and social injustice and inequity and economic, you know, socioeconomic challenges, everything being magnified. So we all, we know this and I'm obviously, um, synthesizing it. I'm not doing justice to everything, but I would say for me, um, what it forced me to do, the one thing that I felt that I have control over is it's deepened my spiritual practice and it's deepened my commitment to it. Um, you as my dear friend and teacher have been a significant part of that and showing me the way into that more deeply. Part of it was maybe a defense mechanism to go more deeply because I felt like there was not much more I could do to entertain myself or find the obvious more material joys. And so, um, and the space I'm living in is kind of small physically as well, beautiful, um, but you know, physically not a large space. And so I felt like this has been um, a calling for me to go more inward and get even quieter and deeper into stillness and my own company, et cetera, and so on. That's like one of the things I've come, you know, come up with. I'm still working on the rest. How about you? Well, that's, that's a beautiful way of describing it, Callie. Um, for me, the beginning of the COVID was a time of fear. Yeah. And a kind of a shaking of our reality. And I know my wife and I went through a few weeks of feeling quite nervous about it. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of these uh, opposites that took place. So even while that was going on, when we were out at night walking, we were noticing that there were more stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. And so these were, these were interesting balancing points. So on the one hand, we were quite fearful about getting this virus. On the other hand, we were appreciating the beauty of nature more. Right. And on top of that, the utter quietness. To be in Santa Monica, mm. going to my office at times with nobody on the street was what I had always prayed for. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> right? At the expense of so many other things, but also enjoyable on different levels, too. So there was a beautiful quietness that came in, and we were settling in. And then in L.A., as people know, there were the riots occurred. Right. And unfortunately, the health food uh, pharmacy that I would go to, Santa Monica Drug, was ransacked during the riots. Not only was it ransacked, but the guy that I know there was hurt and had to be hospitalized. Right. Now, that moment sent me into a tizzy. Yeah. And I know we, we talked about it a few times. And uh, then I had to reestablish myself. It's like, oh, my God, this is going on. I can't hold this much. Right. I can't process this much. Right. You feel like a balloon and, that's like stretching and stretching and stretching and stretching. And, and you feel like at any moment it's going to burst and I wasn't sleeping well. Yeah. And so maybe two or three months later, I was fine again. <laughs> and so it, it felt like these cycles. So a cycle of moving into what was difficult being in that for a while, finding a way out of it. Another cycle into something even more difficult, moving through that, coming back to myself, coming back to my meditation. So as you were saying, what did I learn from this year? I learned that I'm still susceptible to getting, becoming fearful. I'm so and glad, you know, <laughs> I do look at you as a superhuman. I know I idealize you here and there. I'm so glad you still have human emotions like that. Well, I wasn't sure if I was still capable of it, but this year taught me. I'm so relieved. I felt so much better about myself. In the deepest way that I was still susceptible to fears. But I also learned that my spiritual practice was so consistent right. that it kept leading me out of darkness into light. Right. 
it kept leading me out of fear into kind of a harmony or inner peace. And it was something I could really depend on. Right. So those are two things. It, it doesn't do justice, as you said. Right. But it does summarize some of the things we've been through. Yeah, it's so it's so big. And so just to remind for anybody that's um, joining us, you're here at One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. And we're talking about charting a new course for 2021 one of the conversations that we've um, that we've been having so far is really about how to be more gentle with yourself. Um, the the idea of a continuation of finding your way into a bigger, brighter, happier life, as opposed to just designating and declaring on January first that you're going to do something that's going to put a lot of pressure on you. So, if we just talked about our experience, a little microcosm of each of our experiences in 2020, I think one of the takeaways that we can sort of um, share has to do again with being gentle with ourselves, being in this experience that's perpetually overwhelming as individuals and as sensitive souls that care immensely about what we're observing with the rest of the world and how important it is to notice all of the other little moments of light, the moments of humanity, um, of humanity, the moments where the sky is clear. These might sound pretty airy fairy and Oh, easy for you to say if you're not in the middle of the, you know, the front lines as a hospital worker. But I think universally, one of the, the takeaways that we can offer to our listeners is that it's really important to find that space, regardless of how much you're suffering, as a way to take steps toward making yourself feel um, just more on your path toward on more toward what you're looking for this year. Right. Just a kind of creating a space of gentleness and self-compassion. Yes. The idea that um, what has occurred has been for you rather than what has occurred has been against you. Right. And so just taking that particular trajectory, if everything that occurred last year, this is a big ownership. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm not expecting anybody to just take this on lock, stock and barrel. Right. But it's a beautiful ownership because if you say to yourself, this happened for me, Whatever happened was something which I said before is evolutionary for you. Right. And because it's evolutionary, it's good to go back and say, where did I fall on my face? Where was it really difficult? Where did I shed tears? Where did I scream that I had to get out of my life? Mm. Um, where was it too much to bear and I didn't think I had any more in me? And then right, you find it. Right. Especially those places. Yeah. Because those are the places that open us to our our deeper heart, right. our greater heart. I those, see. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Those are the places that open us to our deeper compassion. And it's so important to gently go back there and and kind of discover the most important things that you went through, the most difficult things you went through and how you handle them. Right. And it's something that I was going to say, we, um, I see that we have a few callers that are starting to join us, but I'm going to wait. We're taking a break just momentarily. So I'm going to wait so we don't have to cut anybody short with our exchanges. But I think just to round out this point that it's really, um, again, you know, we come from a pretty spiritual lens and we often, not debate, but we often kind of second guess how, woo-woo we want to get because we always want to respect the fact that there's a very real material earthly physical experience that we all as humans are going through and some people's lenses aren't as macro as other people's are but I think these are great examples of how we can at least find those little moments um, to find some space to take a breath to acknowledge everything you've been through to honor your pain to honor the difficulty that you've been going through to honor the way you see the world. Um, and also as a way to look at that as, um, sort of a foundation for going forward and recognizing how much you have accomplished, how much you have endured, and that that's a great baseline for going forward for a new year in a way that a lot of people don't take the time to recognize. Absolutely. Right. And our show one soul radio does represent the spiritual way of viewing. Mm -hmm. We're trying to be spiritually pragmatic, 
but we want to keep introducing what we consider to be universal truths. Right. Even truths from times of antiquity and indigenous truths to help people on that kind of navigate their way through a difficult life experience at times. I think it's so important to take a minute to acknowledge each of our personal endurance, courage, the amount. The other thing I didn't mention earlier is I don't think I've cried more cumulatively in one window of time than I did last year. As I look back, I mean, major, often what I thought was unsolicited purging and crying in a way that I'd never even heard myself cry and pretty often. And I also have to look at what happened, what's been happening and what happened last year is possibly speaking of a larger spiritual lens, an opportunity, a mirror when you're, you know, when you're a human in this world, especially if you're sensitive, you're picking up a lot of energies that you're being bombarded with that might not be directly related to you, but it's also an opportunity to open the floodgates as you're feeling the pain for your fellow man and watching what's going on in the news and feeling that it opens up all of our own little trigger points as well. And that can be an opportunity to let it out, to make space for the new year. So by the time I got to January 1st this year, I was feeling like I definitely had more space to let some, you know, some good stuff in. So with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Steve and I are going to pick an angel card for One Soul Radio. We're going to talk about manifesting and teach you all of our manifesting secrets. We'll be right back. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. And welcome back, everybody, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Radio Online. We are talking today about charting a new course for 2021. We've talked about how it's probably um, helpful and perhaps advisable to try a new tact when approaching a new year with a little more gentleness and a little more self-compassion as opposed to just big declarative statements on January 1st, which push a lot of, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So now we're going to move into talking about manifesting. And we do have in our very near future, my magical angel cards from which I will pick one to find out what our prophecy is for One Soul Radio, and hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> um, if you're interested in no pressure, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the cards before I pick them, but nobody needs to see that. Nobody nobody will know that part. So we if you'd like you to, you were an oracle, <laughs> You've called me one, but I think you were drunk when you said that. Um, so if you'd like to join us, the number is 816-251-3555. Please uh, feel free to call in with any questions, comments. I can see we do have a caller on the line. Paul, I can find you. Paul, do we have you with us? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello, we can hear you. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining. Yeah, do you have a question or comment? Um, yeah, so... kind of focused on the one wish that uh, you mentioned that you have been saying year after year after year, you know, on mm. New Year's, and I've been doing the same thing. And, you know, my wish has always been for um, basically peace and joy. And really, you know, being cognizant of where peace and joy actually comes from. And they come from me. And they mm. come from my deepest self. So, you know, that's the spiritual side of things. But, you know, peace and joy can get really disrupted. And what Stephen said at the beginning, you know, he said, well, what he does is send good good sentiments, and it helps us all feel better. And, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. But when you see... Um, maskless people with guns um, storming the Capitol, it's it's kind of hard to do to get into deeper compassion. So what are the tricks um, to do that? 
Well, thank you first first of all for your question and for your uh, for the for the thoughts about how you approach the new year because everybody I think universally like Steve was saying earlier desires pretty much the same bottom line things it just comes in different packages. Uh, in terms of your question, which is a very timely one and a very loaded one because we're all feeling the effects of that and it's not easy to um, you know again there's there's so many different levels to dealing with these things that feel like such a violation to us both as a country and as an individual based on our values but Steve would you like to address Paul's question yeah, um, I think it's uh, an important question Paul um, I would say the if first of all you have to have the desire to kind of perceive this in another way and it usually doesn't come immediately. I'm saying that I could do it pretty immediately because I practice it every day. But for most people, it would take some rehearsal. If you want to do it, you go deeper into the people who are aggravated. You go deeper and more, let's say, insightful into some of the motives that those people are holding. And I saw some of the motives yesterday as a desire for satisfaction coming out of what we call the military desire. It was a militant kind of expression. It was very aggressive. And that leads me as a, as a psychotherapist to think that what's going on inside of them is very aggressive. They're not happy with what's going on. They're frightened about their life. They're very dissatisfied about some things and they have to have an immediate change. And so what I do is I take, and we, you know, you and I can converse about this, but I take that first look inside and I try to feel what they're feeling. And out of my ability to do that, I usually feel compassion. So I'll feel compassion for somebody who is very aggrieved and very frightened about life right now. And what I'll do is I'll do a Buddhist practice of sending them love and kindness, or I'll do a Buddhist practice of sending a way of resolving some things in their heart. And when I do that, I tend to feel better about the situation because I can't do a lot. But people in Tibet sat in monasteries and did this and sent these prayers throughout the world. And so that's what I've learned to do. It's not the only thing to do, but I find it effective. Mm. Does that resonate for you, Paul? Or does it oh, sound definitely like a tall, tall resonates. How, how, do we, how do we teach more people to do that? That's why we're okay, Callie. Go ahead. Well, you know that's a that's a big question too. Um, I think what Steve was going to say is that's why like, we have such a desire to even use this platform as a way to um, to to try to share and teach as much as we can from what our personal experience and um, and professional experience is. But I also think that there's something really crucial in your question there, and that has to do with how you can impact or change other people. And I think that's been the big struggle that we've had. Many people have had that are um, have, have had a hard time, for example, with the last four years or in any situation where there's a lot of people in a large majority with a large voice that are, you know, uh, 180 degrees opposite of everything that your heart and soul represents. It's a very, um, you, it, it's a popular condition and a big conversation that's been going on for a long time. And I think the key is to keep turning it back to yourself and trying to use it. This is if you can, you know, it, depending on where you are in your own personal journey, um, but I think the key is to use it as a mirror for the parts that are the hardest for you to hold and then to continue, like Steve said, to work through those feelings inside yourself. And the result of that light will automatically project out. I don't think you can, you might be able to impact somebody in your life who's willing to listen, somebody that wants to share practice with you, but I don't think that it's a realistic goal. I think that's a lot of pressure for any of us to put on ourselves to impact a large group of people that we either don't know or that come from a really different place than we do, rather than trying to hold more of that light inside ourselves and hope that that emanates out. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes sense to me, and I'm glad. I'm glad um, that you said that because thought is what causes action, and you know these folks that are real or anyone that's really aggrieved, and especially the aggrieved people at the Capitol um, are thinking, and they have these actions, but. Really, you know, one has to change one's thought to a more kind and loving and intelligent way of dealing with things. And the thing I always ask myself, is that enough? Is that enough? Mm -hmm. You know, do you need to be an advocate? Do you need to uh, be a demonstrator? Do you need to be more philanthropic? Um, But, you know, you've kind of reinforced what I've thought all the way along is is basically loving kindness and bringing that to the forefront. So thank mm. thank you very much. Mm. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us and for your honesty and your um, your deep question asking, because that's what we're here yeah, for. I'm, I'm, in, um, I'm interested into what because we kind of just got we kind of went off on a tiny bit of an angle here. So I'm going <laughs> to shut up, maybe I'll hang up, and um, because That's okay. well, no, I don't have to yeah. hang up. The, the reason was I got confused with the telephone and also listening to you on my computer. So wow. I'm going to listen to you on my phone and just be quiet. Yeah, I mean, we're fans of our show, but nobody needs to hear us in two different ways from two different sources. That's a lot of Stephen Callie in your ear. So you just want to try one at a time. It's a, more, a little more gentle on the ears. Um, yep. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And I also want to back into that. Just one other cap before we move into our manifestation segment here is that um, I think the first thing, again, for all of us is to feel the feelings and let yourself feel the pain and the tears and the reactions and the hatred and the vitriol and whatever comes up. I think that's the number one thing before you can make space for all this airy-fairy stuff that we always try to introduce. And I say that with a smile because we mean all of this, but it's not where everybody's at every day. Not airy-fairy to me. (laughs) Including, I know it's not to you, and I'm, you know, I, I am, I am not in this place every day, so it's easy for me to sit here and espouse these things. But often I struggle with them, and that's part of what the practice piece is about. So yeah. I appreciate Paul's um, contribution. So let's offer our listeners some secrets and and um, help with manifesting, since that's always the magical, um, magical formula, the one of the favorite words, and also one that. I feel has been, I've had issues, I've had challenges with over the years because it took me a while to learn, cutting to the chase here in our remaining time, that there's a difference between manifesting from your mind and manifesting from your heart. Manifesting from a place of consciousness and manifesting from a place of unconsciousness. You want to speak to that? Well, not until we pull our card. Oh, thank you for reminding me. All right. So I did a pre-shuffle. I did a shuffle. These are 78 cards. This is an angel deck that I've been using for at least 10 years. And um, I shuffled it. And so this is, um, depending on how what it looks like, <laughs> it's the fate of our show. Ah, let's hope it's good. Um, okay. Now, I'm not sure how this relates. Well, this is the nine of earth. It's enjoying life's little luxuries, spending quiet time alone, and successful self-employment, which oh, we do consider this. God. This is our self-employment. Well, yes, you're you're is. fully self-employed. I'm partially self-employed. Um, so let me try to find this really quickly. Uh, let's see here. I can't find my earth signs. Nine of earth. So your self-reliance, wisdom, and restraint have paid off. You've done excellent work and prepared for this time in your life. This has provided you with the opportunity to take it easy and enjoy some luxuries. And as two Leos, we like that, right? You value your own company. You find peace and contentment in your quiet alone time. You're pursuing deeper meaning in life, so you retreat inward for introspection. Successful self-employment, unexpected financial windfalls, the appreciation of nature and animals, home improvement, and redecorating. So. So there it is. So I'm be it. I'm ready to redecorate right now. <laughs> well, we're redecorating our, our 2021 intention, we are. right? We really are. Um, so let's talk a little bit about manifesting um, and just the idea of what you think is it takes for someone to most successfully bring into their lives what they so desire. 
Yeah, and so we're talking about doing this very gently without a huge amount of expectation. And um, I told Callie that I spent many months in my car on the way to work listening to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Most of you in the audience know Abraham. Right, and Esther Hicks. Esther, as I call her. by Esther Hicks. And Abraham is a manifestation master. And honestly, Callie, I listened for hours and hours <laughs> I've and done hours. I've done Right? And I thought, yeah. I, that's when I was in this period of, I have to manifest. Right, exactly, which doesn't really bode well. Now, we know that in retrospect, right? Right, and I, I, I learned from Abraham that the best way to manifest is to manifest from a life that you love, manifest from a life of great goodness, manifest from a place of self-love and self-admiration. And I thought, well, I wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> I was doing the opposite. Right, thinking about we, what you didn't want. I was in my fatigues being very military. Oh, boy. About what I had to have. And they said, the first thing you have to have is an appreciation. Right. And so I went back. From, from then on, I really practiced, and anybody listening at home can do this too, really making a list, uh, a compilation of all the things that you love about your life, all the things you admire about yourself. This is not ego-driven. This is a, a, a true valuing, a valuing without ego, all that you've accomplished in the past. And that's the foundation for thinking about the future. And I, I forgot the name of the book that I read, but I've always remembered that you make a desire and then leave the details to God. Mm. Or you make a desire and leave the details to the goddess. Mm, even better. Whatever, whatever works for us, right? Right, right. And that means you're just putting it out there from a place of goodness, from a place of self-valuing, whatever value you can create, and the possibility of manifestation goes up. There's another part of that which we can talk about, which is stillness. So I think that you're reminding me, it might have even been from the Abraham book many years ago or something I read, because yes, I spent a lot of time reading these manifestation books, listening to these manifestation tapes, and... I do remember one thing that was helpful, which is you make, you know, the list of what you desire, but then there's like the leave it up to God side of the list, like the right. column of things that you can control. Like, you know, I can exercise more or try to eat better or try to share more love with my partner or whatever. And then there's the bigger things that you don't necessarily have to figure out the details for, but you know, you want to be a larger servant, you know, you want to secure a different type of job or make a switch in geography, but you don't quite know what those steps are going to be. And one way is just to write down, just to think about the overall desires. And then, like you said, leave the rest up. I want to just talk a little bit before we get into our specific action steps that we'll spend a few minutes on to really help um, land this. I think that one of the biggest things I learned after realizing that all the books and videos and audio tapes and everything out the wazoo only means so much until you realize that you really have to do it, like we said, from a, from inside your body instead of your mind. Because we are both living testament to the fact that this works. Um, we don't have a lot of time to give a lot of our examples. We'll have to do maybe another show on manifesting or serendipities down the road. Um, but believe me when I say we both have a lot of uh, examples of this. And I know that I think I can speak for both of us knowing some of Steve's examples and for myself, the times when I clearly said, I want this to happen, it was when I was in a place of feeling it in my heart and in my body. I wasn't thinking, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to be broke anymore. I don't want to be single anymore. Those things don't work because whatever you think you're feeding, whatever you put your attention on, you're feeding to happen further and to perpetuate longer. If you come from a place of having fun and being in a place of joy and um, visualizing, or I want to say visualizing, just feeling the essence of whatever this thing is that you desire in your body and then see it in your mind's eye, it happens. 
I mean, countless times, so many examples, right? But I think the distinction here is number one, focusing on, you know, instead of uh, it's it's the language, the positive language versus the not perpetuating the negative lack. Yeah. And then I, and, right. Yeah. And the other way of thinking about it, which is, uh, it's always good to have more options. Um, the idea is that you experience the goal of your desire. So if you were in the goal itself, what would that feel like? So you go from the mind to the feelings. Right. You're big about the imagination, like the. I'm good with imagination. Mm -hmm. So imagining and feeling what your desire would be like once it was manifest. So based on the first piece, which is a platform of joy, of heart, a platform of self-value, a platform of self-appreciation, and then on top of that feeling what your desire would be like once you achieve it. Connection? I think you're still there. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you're still there. We're having a little technical funkiness. I'm go here. I, I didn't go away. So I wanted to just go through that step-by-step uh, -step process. And I know we're going to talk about some action steps now. Right. So in our remaining, and I do, I want to add one other thing quickly before we get to our sure. action steps, which is that that's definitely uh, another tack. That's a really great way to do it. If you're somebody like me, that sometimes as much as I have a vivid imagination, often my imagination is based on things I've already experienced. I don't have as much success imagining things that I don't have as some people do. So for me being in the space of just gratitude or joy or whatever, you know, catching yourself in some moment where you're in a really good place and then remembering in that moment to use that to contribute further toward these things that you want to visualize into your life works as well. So I just think there's a lot of different ways, you know, come different yeah. angles from which to come. I, I think that's perfect. People are visual, auditory or kinesthetic. And so that would be the strong channel. And so that's what we're looking for. Going with your strong channel. A lot less connection here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking. I can't tell if it's me that's losing connection or you. Can you hear me okay? Oh yeah. Okay. So let's jump into our action steps with our remaining moments here. Um, these are ways to help people get into 2021 through all these tough times in a way that will bring the little bits and pieces back that you really so desire. Um, one of them is writing a God box, creating a God box, right? So you either My pick some beautiful, ever. so why don't you take this one? Because you introduced me to this. Well, yeah, it's just something I do with my clients. So what you want to do is get a beautiful, it could be a box that you make and that would be very creative, but it could be a beautiful bowl. It could be a, um, anything, any kind of vessel that you have around the house. And what you do is you write down your desires and you put them in the box or the bowl. And each day you take a look at it and you imagine that that day it's going to manifest. So you look for the result as you're walking through your day. And this gives a lot of, a lot of cool energy to developing your desire. And that's called a God box which means you leave the details to God mm. and you expect that God is going to fulfill those details and they're going to arrive at your doorstep or sometime during the day. And if you're looking for a brand new car, maybe you should start with a good attitude. <laughs> so maybe I, was I want to feel a little bit more love. Or maybe I want to feel a little bit more compassion. And maybe you start with small things. So you have small victories leading to the bigger desires. I love that. I was going to ask if it, if it comes accompanied by a beautiful man with palm fronds, but we'll get to that on another show. Palm I think fronds. that's a beautiful palm fronds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other one is to use your introspection. We talked about this earlier in the show, utilize your introspection, make a list of your biggest lessons from last year and think about how you'd like to put them, put one into action this year. So maybe make a list of the top five things that were challenges for you that grew into lessons. 
and then pick one and see how you want to morph it into something of action this year. It's similar to what Paul was talking about earlier. Is it enough to take your light or your peace of mind, or do you want to become a public servant or volunteer more? It's just one example, not exactly where he was coming from, but I'm just sort of parlaying that into something that's relatable here. Um, and just focus on one. I find that writing things down can actually have a lot of um, power to it because then it's concrete, it's out of your mind, and you can just sort of sit with it um, in your notebook or on your computer or wherever. And then finally, we kind of broached this one already, spend five minutes a day feeling gratitude or having fun or doing something joyful, even three minutes a day if you don't want to take five. And when you're in this space where you're truly in your heart, whether you're hugging your baby or petting your dog or loving on your husband or cooking a meal that you love, catch that moment. Be so present in that moment that you're able to observe it and almost like you're putting it in a bottle for medicine later. Um, I use the metaphor of sprinkling it, you know, over your head to hold, you know, just to contain uh, that, uh, contain that medicine, but like use that. that space as um, a moment to visual, visualize one more thing that you want to desire and just hold that feeling for a minute until it dissipates and you start getting cranky about how dinner's burning. You know, Love that, Cal. right. It's just sort of making sure that you capture the, the moments. Um, joy where you feel present as a way to propel you forward into adding more magic because good things beget more good things and good energy begets more good energy. And that's a very e easy thing to forget these days. So we are here to remind you, right? Yeah. And I would just add that because of all of the difficulty of this year and the challenges, I think one, just if we took one word and made that word our mantra, we'd go very far. Mm. And that word would be kindness to yourself and kindness to others. That we all need both kindness and gentleness right now because we're being asked to carry a lot. And that a lot will serve us in time. It will. But just doesn't meantime, feel that way yet. Value the gentleness toward yourself. So to that, we just want to do a quick recap of our action steps for tonight and our show about charting your new course. Try to create a God box where you write down all you desire, tuck it away, and then go throughout your day as if you're expecting it to show up on your doorstep. Spend five minutes a day finding some sense of fun or gratitude and inside of this space, make sure that you use it to visualize one more thing that you want to bring into your life. Use that energy and see how the magic starts to happen. And finally, to use introspection, make a list of your lessons from last year and how you'd like to put those into action this year. So with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about the truth about karma. You can find us on Unity Radio Podcast Archives. You can find us on onesoulradio.com, Instagram, onesoulradio, and Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.